Hello fellow adventurers, I'm Gracie Thompson and welcome to You Can Shine podcast where I explore real stories of real people just like you and I who have faced adversities and trials and won. Today I'm here with Swami Shivananda. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. I met Shivananda about two decades ago for a psychic reading. I also traveled to India with him in 2017. And over time, he's become my spiritual teacher, healer, and very good friend. Swami Shivananda, affectionately known as Shivaji, is an adept meditation teacher with over 30 years of experience in helping people reach their spiritual potential. Swami Shivananda has studied under and has been initiated by several spiritual masters. In November 2012, he was initiated as a Swami in Ganesh Puri in India. In 2019, Shivaji was initiated to be able to awaken the energetic meditative energy within, known as Shaktipat, and facilitate online transmission and spiritual upliftment sessions. In addition to his role as director of the Brisbane Shakti Meditation and Yoga Centre, Swami Shivananda, under his birth name Michael Wing, is a well-known psychic and energy healer who for the last 25 years has brought comfort, clarity and direction to thousands of people worldwide. Shivaji has an infectious smile and laughter and is passionate about his spiritual path. He has a love of spiritual travel and has been to India 10 times. He also has a love of animals and has four cats, Durga, Ganesh, Krishna and Brahma. He resides in Brisbane, Australia. Welcome Swami Shivananda. Thank you, Josie. Lovely to hear you and see you. So Shivaji, I've done a bit of a rundown on some of your career highlights, if you like. We'd like to know more about your life, the life of the man who is Michael Wing and Shivaji. What are some of the formative experiences that have shaped your life? Well, obviously being born was one, but I was born to a 15-year-old mother um, who was very naive and got pregnant the first time she had sex to, a, to my father, who was a bikey. And she was born to a Catholic family which obviously in those days was very traumatic and they wanted to put her in an old married mother's home, but she fought to keep me and my father stepped up and that's how it went. Um, sometimes it was like, who was the parent, me or the mother? I mean, she was very young and very sensitive and quite wild and very hippie, but very mm. naive at the same time. But she had a lot of love and I got a lot of love as hard as what, what it was to start. There was a lot of love. Do you know what I mean? She was very spiritual, even though she was from a Catholic family. Mm. And she talked about that. So it kind of planted seeds. Do you know what I mean? So from a very young age, from a very, very young age. Do you know what I mean? So I remember talking to her, talking about reincarnation at one stage and I freaked out because, um, I didn't, couldn't imagine her being anything else in another lifetime. And it upset <laughs> me. Do you know what I mean? So, but, um, and, your, was, and your father, Shivananda, he was a bikey. My, fa my father was a bikey. He was actually one of the toughest men in Cronulla. Uh -huh. And he became a truck driver. And he never stopped working from the day I was born. But there was a very big 
distance between me and him. He was, well, he was a man's man. And so boys were meant to be men, do you know I mean? And I was too sensitive, do you know I mean? I felt everything. And, um, and so he tried to toughen me up, which didn't work. It just kind of rejected the whole issue. So that, that, that made it very, very difficult. Um, but I had my, his mother, who was my grandmother, who was, who was my favorite person and I was hers. And she was just so loving and, and caring, do you know what I mean? And nurturing. And, and from these two women, I learned that love and, and caring and was the most important thing, wow. you know? But from that age, I also found that everything I loved died or was taken away from me because at the age of nine, I moved from Sydney to Brisbane and I was just lost. Everything I loved was just taken away from me, you know? My, what, what was the reason for the move? My, my parents wanted us to have animals and they, they wanted us to have a house. In Sydney in those days, it was very expensive and um, we couldn't afford a house. I mean, we could only live in units, do I mean? So they took us to Brisbane and we got animals. Um, and, but it was very, very hard. I got hit by a car within weeks of coming to Brisbane. Domingue got hit over the head with a cricket bat and got stitches in my head. So yeah, a lot of trauma. Um, but those traumas made me question, made me go inside at a, even at that age and question, why is this happening? And this, this voice inside of my head would say, everything's perfect as it is, but I said, my life is so horrible. I mean, because... So at nine years old, you, were, you had a voice in your head that you were aware of. Yeah, it started at four, though. Do I mean, I could hear this uh, this old man's voice at four. Do I mean, and and it was, it never took anyone's side. Do I mean, it was always gentle and calm and explained things. Do I mean, later I realised it was the voice of God, but it was just it was very unusual. So, <laughs> uh, so you can remember now, as a four-year-old, yes, having connection to an inner guide, an inner yes. voice, yes, yes, that supported yes. you through tough yes yes very much so do mean i don't remember anything else i remember this voice helping me and guiding me do i mean wow. so did i listen to the voice all the time no okay no, because from a very <laughs> early age this voice told me to meditate meditate and i can remember the age of seven this voice saying to me you need to learn to meditate and i didn't start to learn to meditate until the age of 24 so I can't imagine that your father was a meditator. Was your mother a meditator? Well, she meditated once when we um, moved to Brisbane. And the mm. first time she meditated, she saw herself um, on the, lying on the floor. She astral traveled. The first time she ever meditated, she was on the ceiling and she saw herself lying on the floor. And she never meditated again. It scared her so much. <laughs> okay. All right. So you had this concept of meditation, even at again at such a young age. It, it just yeah. it just blows my mind that yeah. at such a young age you had this innate inner calling that you're awake to. Yeah, it was very beautiful. It, as I said, this voice was very calm, very peaceful, and and it said that everything was all right, even though it seemed to be in chaos or all around me. Mm. It was very wise. And I mean, I mean, the love that came out of this voice was beautiful because when I moved from Sydney to Brisbane, mm. I, I moved to an area that was very, very rough. Um, I moved to Woodridge, which they call Logan City now. And it was very rough, you know, I had friends shot in high school. 
two boys I went to school with were shot. Um, a student was murdered by a teacher. So it was a very rough area. And, and I became something I wasn't. I had a realization at one stage that if I didn't become like these people, I would not survive. Which so was here's this little sensitive soul that's moved from, from his home into this strange new place, thrown into high school, which seems to be pretty, you know, aggressive environment. How did you cope with that? I got into drugs. Okay. I got it. I became a drug addict. I, I had to numb the pain. It was the only way I could do it. And, you know, at high school, um, it was very available and there was a lot of people taking drugs, but I, I'm an all or nothing person. So I just, I just ran with it. Do you know what I mean? I was, I, I, I passed out and, and there was a lot of trouble with the police as well. Do you know what I mean? Because of drugs. And how old were you at this stage? Um, 13. Okay. And was uh, dad still on the scene? And was yeah, dad, 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 dad was still there. I mean, he was the long distance truck driver there every couple of weeks for a couple of days and then went away again for a couple of weeks. You know, we needed the money. Mm -hmm. I mean, but school was school was horrible. But if it wasn't for this voice inside of my head or this this thing inside of my head, I, I would have killed myself. I thought about it several times. Mm -hmm. And that at the very last minute, this voice says, you'll have to do it again. And it's like, oh, no, I can't do it again. Oh, you mean next life? Yes, okay. yes, I have to repeat right. it again. I mean, it's like I couldn't go through all of that again. Right. So, so this is a 13-year-old yeah. in a rough school yeah. doing drugs and having this inner voice hmm. that says, hey, buddy, you probably should know better than this. Yeah. And the, the voice, you know, my own voice, my ego voice would, would kind of put me down, but this old man's voice was very calm and says, you know, you don't, you don't need this. You know, it never, ever judged me. Do I mean, it says everything's going to be okay. You don't need to do this. You just need to live your life. Do I mean, and it was so wise. Do I mean, it was, it was like, um, a well, it's a guide. It was a guide. It was guiding me. Every time I put myself down for being so weak and everything like that, it mm -hmm. says, you're not weak. Do I mean, it's just an, it would talk about, uh, one, this voice would talk about the experience for the personality. Mm. The experience for the soul um, is what's actually having this experience. Do I mean you'll get through it? Do I mean and so and then the other voices would say, "No, you're weak and you're bad." But this voice was always there. Yeah, I understand what you're talking about. Last year, you know, I, I published a book with two Americans called The Wise Advocate, and we call it the Inner Voice. Yeah. Um, and in that context, we talk about it in strategic leadership, but. That inner voice is the voice of what I call the wise advocate, that loving inner guide yeah. that is accessible to us when we seek it out. It's always there, but we don't always hear it and we don't always seek it out. So how do you or did you discern the difference between that loving inner guide voice versus the voice of the ego or your deceptive self-defeating thoughts? Well, that inner voice is very quiet. It's very still, it's very peaceful and very loving. It never judges anything. Even when I was having pe problems with people in high school, mm -hmm. this voice would always say, well, have you looked at it from their perspective? Or they're hurt, or it would respond, hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, was, it never judged, it never took sides. It was in the center of everything, Don. I mean, it was in so much balance. 
it it nurtured me, but it never put anyone down that was persecuting me either. Mm -hmm. The ego voice wants to attack what what's persecuting it. And the ego voice is loud and quite often very aggressive and mm -hmm. also plays victim. This voice was never victim. It was never loud and it was never aggressive. It was always loving. It must have been like a, a war field in your head, that, like a battleground between the voices. That was an understatement. Mm. And, and the more it happened, the more I numbed myself. Mm. The more I went into conflict and duality, the more I numbed myself. I mean, mm. I never thought I'd live to the age of 30. So when, what was the turnaround moment for you? With the drugs? Yeah, how did you get out of this? Okay, well, at the age of 24, I had my first spiritual initiation with a famous um, God-realized um, being from India. Mm. And that, that I do believe, because just before that, I cried out in pain. I can't do this anymore. And next thing I meet this teacher. And, and I, I started to want to get healthy and do yoga, but the, 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 the head of the yoga um, academy was a, a realized being. So I took mantra initiation. And, and as soon as I became initiated, all these weird things started to happen in my body. You know, I started to see flashing lights. My body would burn, which actually absolutely terrified me. But And I backed away from a bit, a bit, but then it pulled me back. And the more, the more I meditated and did my practices, the calmer I felt. The drugs were still there, mm -hmm. but the voices, the negative voices started to calm down as well. So and then for the benefit of our listeners, Martin, you talk about initiation, mantra initiation. What is that? Mantra initiation is a sacred syllable that the ancient meditation masters used to hear in deep states of meditation. So they're normally in Sanskrit. So, you know, Om is the most powerful vibratory sound in the universe. And scientists have actually proven that now too. Quantum physics is proving all this now as well. So everything is vibration. So negative vibration is lower vibration. So meditation is higher vibration. So it, when your vibration raises, we become less contracted. I mean, so, but at the age of just before I turned 30, this old man's voice gave me an ultimatum and said I could give up the drugs now or what I was suppressing would still be there at 60. And like just over 15 years of hell, I couldn't do another 30. And so I said, okay, I'll do it. You know, I, I remember I, I, I was at my ex-partner's house. It was quite dramatic. I went to my knees in tears and said, okay, I surrender, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. It was so funny if anyone was watching. And, um, and all of a sudden, the addiction just went away. I, I, just I, like that. It just went away. It went away. And, but, and I moved to my mother's in Melbourne for a month. I thought I was going to stay in Melbourne for the rest of my life. And then after a month, I had to come back to Brisbane. Mm. But the, the addiction, the, the cravings for the drugs just went away. Mm. So what did that take? What did it take to actually surrender to that call and then actually commit to this new path? I got to such a low, low point mm. that I just gave up. I just gave up the struggle. I said, I can't do this anymore. And from the very depths of my heart, I said, please help me. Mm. Not only did he do this, this, uh, this voice saying that, but I, when I did that, within a couple of days, a, a Catholic nun came into my life. Now, you can imagine, 
coming up in a Catholic family, I don't like Catholics anymore because they're so <laughs> judgmental. And he's, God sent me a Catholic nun of all things. She was an advanced pranic healer mm. and I was unemployed at the time and she helped me and she wouldn't even charge for me. She showed me that love and compassion and even Catholics can be okay. <laughs> and so, so I've got to try to not get offended by your statement. <laughs> so, but I know you and I, I can see you laughing. Christianity judged me. Christianity judged me my whole life, my lifestyle, who I was, what I was becoming. Spirituality doesn't judge. Spirituality sees the spirit inside of everyone. And then it's the spirit is perfect inside of everyone. But so that happened around the age of 30. And so when I, when I surrendered, you know, within weeks of surrendering, I was offered a job in a psychic reading room out of the blue. And I kind of thought, this is too much of a coincidence. I came from a family of very intuitive people, mm. but none of them actually ever worked as psychics. Do you know what I mean? So I took it and it just snowballed. It, within weeks, people were, um, were lining up to see me and, and, and I was getting a very good response. But also at that same time, my spirituality kicked into a higher gear. My meditation started to deepen. Um, I did more and more practices day and night throughout the day when I wasn't working. Um, a peace started to come into me more and more. And more and more people could see that as well um, that I was working with. You know, I remember one woman saying, oh, you're the one with the laughing and smiling eyes. And I thought, oh, my God, do you know what I mean? That never used to be like that because everyone used to say, oh, you look so sad. Mm. And through my spirituality, things started to change. I'm you know, looking at you now. Like, I've known you for 20 years, and there's some of this story that I've never heard before. And I'm thinking about you as this ba newborn baby to a 15-year-old mother going through some pretty tough stuff through your teens, getting into drug addiction and then falling to your knees for salvation and finding and hearing and tuning into this inner voice that's guided you to where you are today. It's almost like another reality. It is. It what, what, what have you learned about yourself, about life? Well, what I've learned is that, you know, that, I am strong mm. and, and that, that if I can do it, anyone can do it. Um, we all have the inner strength inside of us and we all have the light inside of us. So as I said, if I can change, anyone can. Mm. I mean, as I said, I used to be so sad. I mean, everything died. I mean, mm. and, and acceptance is always the key. But when we start to go inside of ourselves, we start to see things from a different perspective. You know, we have that a different understanding and, and we all have that inside of us, as we've talked about, that inner voice, you call it the inner. The, the wise advocate. The wise advocate. We all have that. And, and I can guarantee that if you, if you take the time to go inside, you will find that. Everyone will find that. You know, whether you're a businessman or you're um, um, a housewife or you're a truck driver, um, or Swami, if you go inside, you will find that. The yogis call it the science of self-realization. Mm -hmm. So if you follow a technique, you can prove this yourself. What I'm saying about me going inside and finding these things and finding this love and light inside of myself, you can do that too. You just have to follow the technique or the, 
or the procedure. So for people listening to this interview who are feeling a sense of loss and despair in their own lives, what guidance would you offer for them? We are spiritual beings having a physical existence. Mm -hmm. Our spirituality or our spiritual being is immortal. The physical body does die. It's born, it lives, it dies. We can't change that. But look at everything as we, everything we go through as an experience for our soul, our spirit to evolve. Um, and, and we can change. We can go from being, you know, lower than a snake's belly, drug addict, to being happy 90% of the time. You know, I laugh at nothing. I mean, I have a smile in my heart these days. When I wake up, I wake up with gratitude, even before my feet touch the floor. It was never like that. I mean, there was no stability in my life. We all can do it. I'm not better than anyone else. I'm not stronger than anyone else. We're all the same. The light in me is the same light in you and in someone else. We just see it at the moment as different. It is not different. It is the one light that shines through all. Christ, um, I don't like to um, talk about Christ, but he calls it the one in the many. Mm. And it's the one in the many. We are all that. We just have to discover it ourselves. And so, we can... so Shivaji, quick question. If someone wanted to take that first step. Meditation. Uh, okay. Meditation is the most powerful balancing tool on the earth. Mm -hmm. It is also why every spiritual tradition, even Catholics, even shamans, even pagan traditions have a form of meditation. Meditation means going within and focusing and, and looking for that light within inside of us. So meditation, um, you know, um, I teach mantra initiation, hamsa technique. Some people might use mindfulness. Um, meditation is the key. Mm -hmm. yeah, it is very, very powerful. It okay. saved my life. Mm -hmm. I'm 56 now. My parents were planning my funeral before I was 30. Mm. I can relate to that. And I think meditation was definitely something I turned to when I had nowhere else to turn. Um, going through my battles with cancer and I've never looked back. It's just become part of my everyday. And you have certainly helped me deepen that practice, which has been Thank wonderful. Thank you. So Shivaji, are there any other nuggets of wisdom that you would like to leave our audience with? Well, as I said, if I can do it, you can do it. Mm. Um, look at life as an experience, mm. as a play of consciousness as an opportunity to evolve, be gentle on yourself. God doesn't judge, only humans judge. So if the old one doesn't judge, why, why would you judge? Do I mean, it's, it's total love, it's total acceptance. And quantum physics will prove this in the future. Do I mean, so it's not just coming from a flaky spiritualist. Do I mean, science will prove this as well. Do I mean, but love yourself, be gentle on yourself. Do I mean, it's really important, you know. If people want to connect with you or know more, where can we direct them? Well, you can you can either um, contact me on online through my email or the Brisbane yeah. Shakti Meditation and Yoga Centre. Okay. Um, you can ring or you can come and see me in person. Do I mean now because of the coronavirus thing, we're doing things on Zoom, which is I'm not technological, but we're starting to do things on Zoom. You know, so. 
I do readings on Zoom, I do satsang on Zoom, I can do overnight transmission on Zoom. And as that evolves, you know, you know, we'll still be able to see in person at times, but we'll also do things online as well, which will make it even more interesting. Beautiful. Well, what an inspiration and true light you are in the world, Shivaji. You've shown us that no matter what the circumstances, you can rise and shine again. Thank you. And thank you. And so can everyone else. Yes. Now, if Shivaji can do it, so can you. If you like this podcast, please share your comments with me and tell us what you loved about the interview and how it's helpful to you. Help spread the love by sharing the link with your friends so that they too can rise and shine. So until next time, remember, it's not what happens to you that defines you. It's how you respond that counts. Shine on. You can shine.